Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Hey, Julie, welcome to the podcast. Yes, the continuation of how to make your money work for you, which is indeed the definition of rich. That's right. And uh, it is October the 15th. For those of you keeping track, yes, we do do this podcast live. Thus, the nomenclature of this being the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. And oh, I didn't tell you, we are now being listened to and downloaded in 55 different countries. That's amazing. It is amazing. So for all of you around the world, um, we really appreciate the honor of having you as podcast listeners. And, uh, you know, that's fantastic. Make sure you guys are purchasing the book, Harris Rules. If you're wanting to have a A to Z business plan, and this is a perfect time to be reading it, or by the way, listening to it, the Audible version is getting a whole bunch of great reviews. But the book is essentially uh, 400 plus five-star reviews in the different sources. It's obviously available in bookstores and whatnot, but really the best way to get it is just get it on Amazon.com. Um, and this is uh, what we're presenting to you in the podcast this week is actually rule number 14 from the book. And uh, Jolene's going to be starting out by picking up where we left. Oh, it's rule number 17? Yeah. Oh, that's well. okay. I get them all out of order. There's a lot of damn rules. Hey, you know, that's the nature of things, isn't <laughs> it? it? Is. <laughs> Sorry well, about that. So before we get to the next point, Julie, I want to remind all of these guys that if they want to join our free coaching program, we're probably going to be closing the doors of the free coaching program sometime in the next 30 days. But all you've got to do is text the word survival to 31996. We started this program back in the uh, when you know COVID hit as our attempt to help as many agents as we possibly could. But now that we're rounding the bend, hopefully on the COVID pandemic towards the end of this year, uh, we're going to get back to our knitting. <laughs> and as such, the free coaching program is probably going to be closing down. So make sure if you've not jumped on board yet, it is, you know, literally a free coaching program and you will get a daily semi-private coaching call. In addition to that, you're going to get a lot of great books, real estate, treasure map, think and grow rich for real estate agents. Um, 90 day massive action plan, all kinds of things. No excuse, but to be successful. That's right. No, we do not give you Harris rules uh, because Harris rules uh, actually is a, um, you know, it's a publisher, uh, relationship. Uh, yeah. And so we cannot give a book away that basically is through an official publisher. It was not self-published. Otherwise, guess what? We would give it away. But in the meantime, um, yes. Yeah, so if you want to be on the free coaching program, all you've got to do is text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And Julie, I was just on a leadership call um, on eXp. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I'm hearing things coming out of eXp that are just so extraordinary. I don't want to you know, spend our time on the podcast talking too much about eXp Realty. But you guys, it does not matter what state you're in, what market you're in, what price range you're selling. And you better be paying attention to what eXp Realty is doing. There is absolutely no doubt in, in our minds that eXp and unfortunately, <laughs> Zillow and probably Open Door and Redfin are going to be the dominant players in real estate. But something I heard that was really exciting, the uh, you know, if you guys listen to our Sunday podcast, you've already heard this, but EXP bought a company called Showcase IDX and show and Showcase IDX is building for EXP a, nas- a national portal, which is you know similar to Zillow or Realtor.com. But what they're going to do is those leads that are coming off the national search portal are going to go to the 
EXP agents. Now, I want you to think about that. Those of you who have been buying leads from Zillow and, and even Realtor.com, you become an EXP agent. Now, this isn't going to happen until next year, but it's on the radar. And that's pretty incredible. That gives you an indication of how big the guys at EXP are thinking. And also, there's more international expansion. Um, what was it? Yesterday, the day before, they announced that they opened up the entire massive country of South Africa. So now, South it's U.S., Canada, uh, France, Australia. Portugal. Um, Australia, they're trying to open up New Zealand, South Africa. I know I'm forgetting some, but EXP is going to be expanding globally at a very, very fast rate in the next 12 months. So look, if you're a stock picker, uh, you might want to be also paying attention to it because at the beginning of the year, you know, EXP is publicly traded on NASDAQ. It was uh, less like six and eight dollars, six dollars at the beginning of the year, eight dollars in like February. And now yesterday it closed at $60. Um, so it's one of the, you know, it's being talked about on CNBC. It's being talked about on, um, you know, Motley Fool, a lot of other places as well. And the people are suggesting the stock picker types, which Julie and I are definitely not, but they're all suggesting that people buy EXPI. Well, as an EXP agent, you get EXPI shares for free for doing a whole bunch of different things that you normally would do, selling houses and things like that. So make sure you have it on your radar. If you want to talk to Julie and I more about joining EXP and being part of our team, we are absolutely interested in having that conversation with you. We started with EXP, well, Julie did officially, started with EXP last January, and it's been one of the best business moves and decisions we've ever made. So please do consider joining our EXP team. And if you want to talk to me about that directly, and yes, this is my cell phone, it's 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. So Mrs. Harris, let's get back to the next point. Yes, indeed. So we've been talking about how to actually achieve what you personally would define as your rich. In other words, where your money is working for you, and you're no longer working for it. So we've talked about the an actual plan, right? So the difference between coaching and training is, you know, trainers will say, you need to go do this. You need to save more money. You need to pay off your debt. Okay, so coaches actually lay out a plan. They actually show you how to do it with a step-by-step -step process. So we talked about level one is just learning how to earn it in the first place because it's pretty hard to invest it if you haven't learned how to systematically earn it. Then well, we talked... Uh, so go back... A little quick... Summary. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. No problem. But go back and listen to the past two yeah. days podcasts or even better, get the book, Harris Rules. So we're using the book as our outline, like I said, but what we're going to do is we're going to be adding more anecdotal stories directly from our coaching experiences. So it's this isn't just a book on tape here, just so yeah, you guys exactly. know. Yeah, so Julie, let them go back for the sake yeah. of brevity and, and listen That's to the fine. past two okay, podcasts. So we, yeah. we walked you through level one, level two, level three... And in level three, you know, we talked a lot about uh, rental properties yesterday. And the, the point of that was creating some regular income. You also can, of course, do that with EXP revenue share. And, you know, let's say that you've already been investing some, you've got some passive income coming in. That leads us to level four. What are you supposed to do with that? So the net income you make from those things, okay, so remember part of becoming rich is realizing that it's not your individual commissions that will get you there. It's what you do with them. And remember, rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. I know there's a lot of mooring lines and baggage that's associated with the word rich. Um, so let's just set those aside. Let's set aside the politicized, maybe even some cases, it was certainly was with me, religious perspectives on the idea of being rich. Set those aside and just focus on the definition of rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And even drill down even more, like Julie and I are fond of doing, what, you wanting to what you're wanting to create is enough passive income, income coming in that's not directly related to your direct efforts, passive income in the truest sense. And we're going to tell you how to do that actually in the, maybe on today 
today's show a little bit, but tomorrow's for sure, that you will at least meet your personal financial obligations that you have every month. So what we want for all of you guys is to open your minds to the fact that the reason you have your real estate business is to create a profit. And with that profit, then you reinvest and you reinvest in things that create passive income for you. And the passive income that you have coming in should be at least meet your immediate personal financial needs. So in most cases, when we've done this exercise with people personally, the immediate financial needs are usually between five and $7,000. And so that's five or $7,000 a month that they have to earn every month. Not a lot, not a little, it just is what it is. In some markets, obviously, coastal markets, the number's gonna be a lot bigger. I had somebody that I did this exercise with and their personal monthly overhead, and I do not, I'm not making this up, was like 130 grand. They are sending their kids to private schools, private camps, private this, the other thing. You know, the Neiman Marcus bill, the whole lifestyle creep thing had just basically consumed them, but it was 130 grand a month. So most of you guys are going to be right as rain with less than 10 grand a month. So the objective should be to create enough passive income that you're going to cover your personal monthly overhead every single month. And that by our definition is rich. So that's tr- cutting the mooring lines of basically the idea that one day very soon you could be financially free. That should be your goal because a real estate business in itself will not make you rich. I want you to be very clear on that. Selling real estate will not make you rich. Say that everyone. Say it. Selling real Real estate will not not make make you you rich, right? Selling real estate, if you're not producing a profit and with that profit you reinvest, is basically essentially you're running a not-for-profit or you're just running a cash flow business where you're essentially supporting your lifestyle, which means like most people, if you have one or two bad months, you're on your back financially. Don't, you know, work move past those types of you know faulty financial thinking and move towards the idea that your goal should be to produce enough profit and with that profit reinvest it in such a way that you can live off the cash flow from your passive investments and then you're rich and then we're not telling you to stop working keep working and you know pay off debts have you know send kids to college donate the money do whatever the heck you want to do with it invest in new businesses invest in new ideas but your job number 1 should be getting your personal financial house in order and creating enough passive income to meet or exceed your financial expectations. We do give you the real estate treasure map. The whole purpose of the real estate treasure map is to make it so that you can walk through the process, the financial process of you know digging down, drilling down, and finding out what all your personal monthly costs are. Um, and then you'll know what numbers you need to work on going forward. And that is available to you free if you just text the word survival to 31996. Yes. So let's talk about investing. We, we've talked about how to consistently earn. We've talked about paying off debt. We've talked about uh, controlling lifestyle creep. Now let's say that you're there. You've figured out how to, like in the book, the example is 15000 per month to invest, just as an example. And you know what? We know tons of people that do that or more. So this is not just... Uh, you know, pulling math out of the air. Let's say you invested 15,000 per month over 20 years. Using historical averages, you'd have at least $9 million at that point. Remember, this is money being invested automatically from your passive income, your combination of different passive incomes. You're above and beyond keeping the lights on at home. Your regular income can go to buying more rentals, doing other things, vacationing, as Tim said, you know, invest in other things. So let's talk about what Julie yes. just said. Drill down on what she said. So what we're suggesting is now, you know, I know some of you are going to get your passive income up to the point where you're just not going to want to work anymore. And maybe you're at the point of your life where that makes sense. 
not judging, just saying this. the rest of this message is not for you. What we suggest that you do is you get your passive income up to the point where it can cover your personal overhead, but instead of having it cover your personal overhead, you then put that passive income to work by reinvesting the income from the passive income. Do you understand listeners? So let's say, for example, you had, you know, I'm just making this up, but you had three rental properties and each of the rental properties were throwing off, let's just say 1500 bucks a month, $18,000 a year between the, you know, depreciation and the maintenance and upkeep and you maintaining the properties. Let's just say there's no taxes on that, you know, $18,000 a year. You, you know, that's the way it usually works, by the way. So if you then take that $18,000, then what we want you to do, as opposed to spending it or living off of it, we want you to then reinvest that money in something other than real estate. And we are big fans of index funds. We're big yes. fans of Vanguard index funds. Julie? Nice segue. Thank you You're very welcome. much. You're welcome. So consider diversifying with three funds. We are not stock analysts or advisors, but our research has revealed to us that the three fund plan is great for diversity after you have all of your other financial needs covered, right? So we're not talking about just, you know, deciding to do this today. If you still have, say, credit card debt, you've got to pay off. This is, so let me drill down on that. So, so this is your homework and I know this is in the book, but go and Google, uh, Bogle three or see what is it? Bogleheads. I always say that wrong. How do you think it's pronounced? I think it's Bogleheads. Bogleheads. But it's the Vanguard total. It's called TOT plus zero percent technically. Well, it's the stock market index fund. So there's a whole bunch of index funds that Vanguard sells, and the ones that you're supposed to be uh, considering picking are for your three fund or your five fund portfolio. It changes. So you need to be paying attention to it. It's not a set and forget thing, but you should be monitoring it. Just And here's the easiest way to do it. Open up an Ameritrade account. Have money automatically sweeping to the Ameritrade account. Have the money from Ameritrade. You might have to do it manually, but it's no big deal. Then automatically being investing in the five fund portfolio or the three fund portfolio. And the three fund portfolio and the five fund portfolio, if I remember correctly, it's S&P uh, large cap, S&P small cap international growth. I mean, there's individual categories. You're going to have to do some homework on this. Don't just ask somebody else what they're investing in. Go do the research yourself. And I check on, I do this personally probably every six months. And I just did this actually. And I went in and I uh, sold some of what was recommended as part of the five fund portfolio. I sold some of that uh, that we purchased uh, two years ago. And then I reinvested it in what now is a better mix for your five fund portfolio. I know this is all very confusing for some of you and it sounds very cryptic, but here's the simplistic way of thinking about it. First of all, get Harris rules because it, you know, it breaks it all down for you. Yep. But the next step is just Google uh, Bogleheads. I think it's Bogleheads. It's Bogleheads.org, B-O-G-L-E, heads.org. Right. And then see what the uh, consensus is uh, for the uh, three fund or the five fund uh, portfolio. There's, If you want to do the three fund, the only reason you do the three fund or the five fund is because it's easier to track. And then what you can do is you automatically start investing. Look, you can invest all of the profit from, let's say, the original thing that's producing the passive income, or you can you know, invest half of it and then put the money towards something else. What agents will do almost always is they'll spend the money um, or they'll basically, you know, essentially put it all on red in Vegas and they'll lose the money. Agents have this sort of natural repulsion to accumulating wealth, though it's not just agents, it's pretty much all Americans. And there's two things agents do incredibly well. Number one is not pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. And number two is not save money. So what we're doing, and we talked about this two shows ago, is we want you to create a system that's no longer dependent on your uh, actually physically doing anything, right? So if you, for job number one is create path, obviously job number one is create a profitable business. Job number two is then take that profit um, 
and then don't spend it. Don't live off of it. Now, if you're of an age or if you're of a lifestyle where that's what you want to do, then go for it. And then reinvest the money that's coming from, so you have several buckets. You have the income bucket from your business. You, then that produces profit. That profit then is then put into, I, you know, maybe the first things that we'll suggest all of you invest in is rental properties. And you don't just look in your own backyard. Some of you living in expensive areas, you don't want to buy in those areas. Julian, how many t- places, how many states do we have properties in? Four? Um, Texas, five? North Carolina, Ohio. And now North North Carolina. I said that first. Yeah, and Puerto Rico. Don't and forget Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't, you know, we've invested in all those. Now, why do we invest in different states? First of all, we buy mostly nice middle class style houses that are, uh, you know, suburbs of major cities. We look for uh, areas that have diversity of employment, and we also look for areas that have universities and in we moderate price ranges that right. you could sell tomorrow if you felt like it. Right. Nothing crazy. Not you know, hundred unit buildings or anything. Just stuff that if you know if you decide to cash out one day, it'd be easy. And that's what you buy when you're first when you're putting together your portfolio. You're buying stuff that is essentially is the bedrock type properties. We look for first time buyer type properties because those always sell no matter what's going on in the market because people always need a place to live. Ideally, like our properties we have in Columbus, we chose well we started out there, but that's a great area because you have Columbus, Ohio. You have you know not all of Columbus, Ohio, but you know most of it. It's a city center. There's a high state university and about a thousand other little colleges and universities. You have massive diversity of employment. The average sale price there is not that expensive. So you have all the bedrock elements of having a great long-term investment rental property. And those have worked out incredibly well for us. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina, same thing. Uh, Austin, Texas, same thing. So that's where we look primarily in those types of markets. And and again, we're not buying uh, VRBO types on the coast. We're not buying properties that are speculative. We're not buying junk properties on in the hood. No, nice we're, we're not buying marginal stuff. properties. We're not buying properties in areas that are up and coming. No, we're not doing any of that speculative crap. When you're buying your original properties, buy things that are bedrock type properties. Because And then what you do, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, uh, and we're going to tell you how to basically secure those properties. So um, they're, you know, we're going to tell you how to put them in LLCs and put them in a trust. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But again, the key here is you do not stop selling real estate. You still sell real estate. You still stay productive. You still then, um, you guys understand the flow of how the cash works. Then you have multiple things that are producing income for you while you sleep. Your stock market portfolio is going to go up. Your real estate properties are going to produce profits. Now, the other thing you might want to consider doing is by dividend, uh, dividend paying uh, stocks and then the dividends. So you have a, a stock, an index fund is a bunch of stocks. So a stock, you can have a dividend paying stock and a non-dividend paying stock. A dividend is essentially like an income that comes from the stock, like a rental property. You buy a rental property, you get appreciation, depreciation, and you get cash flow, right? Hopefully you get all three. Well, most stocks, you just get appreciation. If you buy a dividend paying stock, you get uh, appreciation and you get cash flow. And they sometimes they pay you um, uh, a dividend payment monthly. Usually it's every quarter, uh, that. So if you could actually buy stocks that are dividend paying, don't take the dividends because then you're basically losing an opportunity to reinvest the dividends. Take the dividends that are coming off the stocks and then automatically reinvest it in buying more of the same exact share. Um, That's, again, another way to basically compound faster and make more money quicker. You see what we're doing here, guys? We're creating systems that basically create passive income and then that money compounds for you. Now, with all that said, the number one thing, and I've talked about this a lot because this is 100% how we feel, 
the number one thing all of you should be doing is taking a real hard look, especially this time of year, of what your actual expenses are. And the first thing, the one thing you can't really control are taxes. That's your biggest expense. You don't know it, but it is. Income taxes, state, federal, property taxes, all your other taxes. You're getting taxed at the bajiba. Uh, even if you're in a tax-free state. You can't really do much about that. Don't believe rich people don't pay tax. That is a lie. They pay the most tax. So taxes are the one thing you can't really control. Number, But number two, you can minimize those taxes by moving to Tennessee, Florida, Nevada. I know some of you maybe will consider that. Most of you won't. So next up, what can you control? You can't really control taxes. We know that. You can control your lifestyle somewhat, but what's the point of living in a cardboard box? You're not going to be motivated to work, so enjoy life. The next thing you can control as a real estate professional is the relationship you have with your broker. And that's the reason eXp Realty is the best fit for all of you. Because get this, eXp Realty, actually, if the old conversation is what are you paying your broker as in what's your commission split? The new conversation is what is your broker paying you? Not only does eXp uh, you know, essentially charge you less in terms of your commission splits, but they also pay you. They pay you through revenue share. They pay you through, um, you know, they give you, they award you stock and you can get paid at the appreciation of the stock. There's rumors that they might be doing some other creative things with the stock. So the point is, is eXp Realty, if you're in real estate, creates more streams of passive income for you. So yes, the first thing all of you should do is join eXp Realty. Uh, give me a text. We can talk about it. 512-758-0206. Still sell real estate. Sell lots of real estate. Be a successful real estate agent. Uh, and then take the profits from the real estate business and reinvest it. And take the money that's coming from those investments and reinvest that. Do you see how we're compounding and we're, we're overlaying different the cash flow from one investment to the next, to the next, to the next? Guys, that's how you become a multimillionaire. That's how you do it. It's not because, you know, someone in most of the multimillionaires, most of the richest Americans, and we've researched this and talked about this. It's, there's a chapter in our book about it. We've done tons of podcasts on this. The idea that most people are, are millionaires, in essence, because they're inherited is a complete lie. The number of people that are millionaires that inherited is like a, a ridiculously low percent. Most people who are single digit millionaires, let alone, you know, people that are worth 5 million or, you know, DECA millionaires, people that are worth 10, they've created it. And how have they created it? Number one way is through owning a small business. You've got that. Check. But that by itself, unless you sell the small business, which you never will, nobody really buys real estate businesses, so that's not going to happen. So the way you're going to make money, it, the way you're going to become rich where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money, is by reinvesting the profits and just follow the food chain of what we said. The first thing all of you should do is join eXp Realty because eXp Realty actually has created multiple streams of income for you. And it's more profitable right out of the gates if it's just for the commission split for most of you. That's number one. Number two, the profits from your real estate business, then take those profits and reinvest those. And we strongly suggest you buy rental properties because you know it, you're going to be most comfortable with it. And you get a discount on it because you can buy your own listings, right? <laughs> you following me here, listeners? That's what Julie and I did. And then from the profit from the rental properties, then reinvest that in the stock market. You see how one thing is doing is feeding the other, feeding the other, feeding the other. And you have diversity of income. You have diversity of income sources. When you follow what I just said, you will accumulate more wealth passively than you can possibly imagine. Now, the plan that I just created for you, nobody told us how to do this. Julie and I figured this out ourselves. We read tons of books. We, you know, we went to financial advisors and financial gurus. And here's what I found 99.9% .9 of the time. 
They were not completely full of shit, but they were mostly full of shit. And they were trying to sell you something. So they were giving you advice to buy something that they're getting commissioned on, right? Nothing wrong with commissions. Don't, you know, misunderstand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they had a bias and their bias was towards their own self-interest, not what was best for us. And our accountants never gave us great advice. And because I finally accepted the fact that an accountant's job is to get the forms filled out and it's not to save you any real money. You have to bring the creative ideas to the accountant. And then, you know, you look for other, the way I've learned a lot, frankly, is talking to people that are a lot richer than Julie and I were. And, you know, I'd cozy up to them and I'd ask them for advice and they'd point us in this direction or that direction. But even then, you have to be careful who you're taking advice from because a lot of people are what we call in Texas, when Julie and I lived there, tall hat, no cattle. In other words, they act like they're something that they're not. And so if you go to one of those people and you ask them for advice, it's just as, you know, it's just as basically dubious as asking that financial planner for advice who's going to try to sell you some hybrid insurance product, basically, because he's getting a ridiculous percent of commission on it. You get what I'm saying here? The plan I just gave you, it does not require any commission. You're not paying any advisors. You don't have to overthink it. It's simple, it's elegant, and it works. And you can put it in place. Um, and you can you can take what I just said, you can get it again from our book, Harris Rules, and you can present that to any financial planner, which I have done, and you can say poke holes in this. And the only thing they'll ever say, I'll just tell you this right now, is they're going to say it depends on what index funds you choose. You know, no kidding, right? But that's easy enough to track too because through Ameritrade, for example, when you open up an Ameritrade account, you just put in the ticker symbol and they'll give you optics on what that index fund's got done going all the way back, you know, like 10 years and sometimes longer if it's been around longer. Why index funds? And the, I'll tell you why. Because it was, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I was watching an interview with um, Warren Buffett or maybe I read a book, who knows, you know, and um, it, they were asking about like, he was he was rambling on about something, you know, he's always worth listening to. And he said something that just, boom, it just stuck with me. He said, oh, he did say he was leaving his kids $5 million each, which, you know, okay. Um, and then he said, I'm going to make it so that my the, what, the money my wife inherits is going to be sold and it's going to be reinvested in index funds. So I'm sorry, the, the securities, even securities in his own company. He's dead. Berkshire Hathaway still exists. He said he's going to sell, uh, I'm not sure if it was all or part of the asset value that she's going to inherit from him. And it's already uh, been determined it's going to be put into index funds. Berkshire Hathaway doesn't have any index funds. So what he's saying is he's more confident in index funds outproducing even um, his own uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, portfolio. That, to me, as soon as I heard that, you know, I'm probably misquoting him, but you get the gist of it. But as soon as I heard that, that to me was, you know, green lights. I completely understood what I had been confused about in the past. And what an index fund is, it's not a mutual fund. So be careful. You're not wanting to buy a mutual fund. Look for index funds and look for Vanguard index funds. Um, the uh, Vanguard index funds, were the, it, they started index funds. They created index funds. What they are is they're a, you know, essentially an index fund is of all the stocks in a, a specific category. S&P 500, a big, uh, large caps, small caps, all those types of things. So you can actually see the, the stocks that are in that specific index fund. But they the fees, and this is the big takeaway, the fees that an index fund charges you to buy um, and to manage the portfolio it are virtually nothing. So let's say you put $1,000 into an index fund and you invest it through Ameritrade. I don't think Ameri I think Ameritrade charges like virtually nothing to do a trade. I don't think they charge anything to sell. I think they maybe charge like virtually nothing to buy. So that's the gateway 
gateway is open up an account where you don't have to pay big trade fees. We like Ameritrade. Next, when you look at uh, when you buy an index fund, they charge you an annual fee to be uh, to be invested in the index fund. But the fees that the Vanguard index funds charge are like 0. 0.0003, right? Versus a mutual fund that could charge you like three percent or six percent. Now I want you to think about this: if you eventually have a million dollars invested, right? You over the years you have a million dollars invested. Million dollars is a million dollars. You know, some of you it's a lot, some of you it's nothing. So you take that million dollars and if you put it with somebody who's going to charge you, say 3% or 4% per year to manage your money, and you're not seeing my air quotes, but that's what I'm saying, they're charging you 40 grand a year. Now, maybe you're saying, well, 40 grand, you know, they've managed my money for me and it's a million dollars. What do I care? Because you're losing the, uh, that 40 grand is money that you could have had uh, further invested that would have compounded. So you guys have probably heard this. It's an old rule. It's not really true anymore, but I'll just give you the old rule that the money will compound in the stock market roughly every seven years. It's not true. It's not every seven years, but just stay with me here. So every seven years, the money will double. So if you put uh, you know, $1,000 in the stock market in seven years, it's worth $2,000. Seven years after that, you know, 14 years from now, it's worth $4,000. 21 years from now, it's worth $8,000. You guys can get the gist of it. Now, some, again, I, I'm telling you the rule, you know, that rule doesn't really apply because uh, sometimes it's faster. I, you know, Julie and I have things like Apple, for example. Our Apple shares have gone up, I and mean, we've been buying Apple since we were in our early 20s, and our Apple shares have gone up like 2,500% or maybe even more than that. I don't even remember. It's crazy. Look at EXPI. Just speaking of EXP, look at EXPI. That that stock has gone up from uh, like $8 at the beginning of the year. Now it's 60 Okay, figure that one out. So obviously some of these uh, will appreciate faster than some of these, uh, and some of them will appreciate slower. But what I generally do when I'm trying to do some, you know, forward-looking analysis is I just assume the portfolio is going to double on every, on average, every eight years. But there's been years where our portfolio has doubled every, you know, there's been periods where it's doubled every like six or seven years, and then you have a big recession, and then you know, you guys get the gist of it. So I use eight years as a rule. So if you took that forty, uh, that um, the forty thousand dollars, remember you have a million invested. Forty thousand dollars that you were, you know, willingly paying to a some, you know, guy to manage your money. Okay, you guys getting my, you hearing the tonality in my voice, the disdain here. Well, then that forty thousand dollars is not going to compound for you. So if you just take, if you kept that forty thousand you're paying to this financial advisor, and you kept it in the stock market, you kept it invested, and it doubled every eight years for you. Figure out how much money you're leaving on the table. Now, if you allow the investor to charge you four, or the advisor to charge you 4% every single year for like 20 years, think about the astronomical amount of money. It's millions and millions of dollars that you're pissing away that you would have otherwise gotten from the, the power of compounding interest. You guys get it? That's the amazing thing when you follow our financial plan. And again, there's no fees really associated. There's minimal fees, you know, a little trade fee here, a little management fee there. But for the most part, this is a 100% on target way to diversify, not just, you know, you're diversifying your business as a, a source of income, your EXP income as a source of income, your stock market portfolio is a source of income, your rental properties are a source of income. And one thing feeds the other, feeds the other, feeds the other. All of these things can be working in conjunction concurrently. And you need to take action on this stuff. I know some of you right now are saying, oh my gosh, Tim, this is way too complicated. It's not. It's simple. I promise you. If you want more information like this, obviously I love talking about this stuff because I find it really interesting. This has been what I just rolled out for you and what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. 
uh, has been a lifelong uh, pursuit for me because this, I think personally, I don't think any of you guys will argue that the financial sector is intentionally confusing because they want you to feel like a dope. So you'll basically be paying dopey fees to them. There's no way that they don't want it to be seem overwhelming. And that's the reason it's so complicated. It's like, you know, it's way more even complicated than the all the goofy terms that the real estate industry uses. Well, and it's easy to get sucked into that. It's easy to feel vulnerable. It's easy to feel stupid. And so that's the reason that you end up paying fees to people that really aren't providing any services to you that you could do yourself. I'm going to end with a funny story. Um, I'm trying to think of which funny story to tell you. I'll tell you this one. There was a uh, a competition between. Well, I'm not gonna. I was gonna tell you another Warren Buffett story, but let's not talk about Warren. I will tell you this. I know of a, a several investment advisors that I personally know that live down here in Dorado, Puerto Rico, and these guys work for funds or they manage. Uh, they're some of them are family funds, and let's not worry about what that means. But let's just assume they're managing, you know, a boat crap ton of cash. And what they charge, so if you wanted to put your money in one of, you know, maybe you're familiar with the term hedge fund, things like that. If you wanted to put your money into one of their funds, they charge you an annualized fee. And the annualized fee is like I described before. It might be 4%. Some of these guys are charging, like if you put in a million dollars, don't be intimidated by the numbers, just stay with me for the concept. If you put in a million dollars, then they'll charge you like maybe a 3% or $30,000 annual fee just to you know have it in the fund. And then they charge you some percent of the appreciation. So if the million dollars appreciates to $1.1 million, then not only do you owe them the 3%, but you might also owe them another 5% on top of that, or you know another, you, know, you guys get the gist of it. So you might owe them uh, like $5,000 of the 100,000 appreciates. That's how they make their money. And there's a lot of other little ways they make their money. So I'm talking to some of these guys and they're always very, very sheepish to tell you what they're investing in. But I've become friends with some of them. And here's what I've discovered. What a lot of these guys are doing is they look at the components in the top and the high producing uh, Vanguard index funds, and they're just buying those same components. A component is a stock. So what they're doing is they're they're looking to see what the elements of these top producing, you know, top return uh, index funds are at Vanguard. That then becomes their portfolio mix, and that's then what they sell people into. So they figured that all the big brains at Vanguard have picked all these stocks and they can then essentially replicate the returns. And then they go to you know people that are thinking they can't do it themselves. And then they say, well, look, you, you know, pay me this, three per, or this 4% and you pay me 5% of the appreciation. And this is what the 20 year return has been or the 10 years return has been. And this is, you know, and I, this is called the ABC fund and you can you know, join in, you have to put in $100,000 or whatever. Okay, and what they're doing is they're just going into the market and then they're buying the same exact stocks that make up a lot of these index funds. So you're just paying somebody to essentially repackage something you could have bought yourself directly from Vanguard for virtually nothing. You guys get it? But do be, you know, do very, do be very um, education oriented on all of this. Don't be intimidated by it. We talk about uh, we talked the other day on the podcast about the two uh, Tony Robbins books that uh, Julie and I um, suggested that you read. They're in Harris Rules. I think he did a great job of uh, cutting through the the morass about all the fees that are charged in the financial industry. So look, guys, take all this stuff seriously. I hopefully I didn't bore any of you. Um, but this really is a very clear path forward for all of you to create true everlasting financial freedom. If you want to talk to Julie and I about joining our EXP family, do text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. 
For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.